Hello again, and welcome to Crime and Music. I'm your host, Brian J. Kinsley. With me, as always, my friend, Ben Rupel. Hello again, Brian. Was that better? That was great. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for joining us, everybody. We're a true crime podcast that uh, follows the lives of musicians and people in and around the music business and their misadventures into law-breaking. If you enjoy that, hit the subscribe button, and if you would please go to iTunes and give us a review. You don't actually have to give us a review. You can review your lunch, your coworker Nancy. Just just put a review up there and let iTunes know you're listening. Yeah, type something funny, too. That'd be good. Yeah. Oh, right anyway. now, also, I will announce this. Right now, there is a giveaway contest. If you give us a review on iTunes, that puts you into a sweepstakes to win a one and only crime and music t-shirt yeah one and only because we're gonna like draw on an old white t-shirt with some sharpies it'll be a crime and music it'll t-shirt, be a crime mu- where it'll be legitimate it's it'll gonna be say, awesome it'll say crime and music on it. yeah and for those of you if if you like us like like us like us go to patreon.com slash crime and music and become a monthly subscriber there's some cool things you can get there too like we'll send you some note cards from the show and uh, some other fun things yeah yeah and 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 on that itunes Go out there and review us, and and I would love to see, you know, some great reviews. I don't care how many stars you give us. Let's write something stupid. Maybe that's how we should do the giveaways. The best review? The best, most uh, imaginative review. Like, I was driving down the road, and I hit a dinosaur because I was listening to the True Time Podcast by, you know, music people, blah, blah, blah. I don't know, something funny. I hope I hope we have a lot of listeners. Yeah, in maybe we'll read a few on air. <laughs> I don't know. That's good. It was, no, it's not bad. I think we should. And if you want to reach out to us in other ways, we are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, all at Crime and Music. All the things. Well, guess what? Coming to the stage this week, it's a story of love, romance, much like Romeo and Juliet. And if you think much like Romeo and Juliet, young kids die at the end, you're correct. <laughs> it's going to be a good one. It's the story of... Sid Vicious and Nancy. It's Sid and Nancy. Sid and Nancy. Now, now I'm I'm going into this going to be more of just the um, uh, the the backseat driver here. I don't know a lot about these people. I, well, I know the name. That's my point. So actually, we're today's today is Sid Vicious Day, not officially, but for our podcast, it's, it's Sid Day. So we're going to talk about them and their story. It's super interesting, man. They yeah. they start on the tip of this punk rock and roll revolution. They get into the drugs and the heroin. Um, they're in London. They're in Texas, they're in New York. Um, ask, so, ask me how much I know about. Ask me all my my, my complete knowledge of Sid Vicious. Brian. What what is your complete knowledge of Sid Vicious? Ben? I think he's a singer, and I think he's a punk rocker. That's all I know. Actually, he is a bass player, a drummer, and I think he might have played some guitar. I don't believe he sang too I, awful much. I mean, if, he did, but if I had to guess, it's Johnny Rotten. I'd, I'd say European. Is he from like the <laughs> England area? He is from the England area. Nailed it. All right, Woo. coming to the stage. Who do you think writes all that Wikipedia? This guy. Sid Vicious. All right. Born May 10th, 1957, John Simon Ritchie Jr. Uh, to uh, John and Ann Ritchie in Lewistham, London, which is, yeah, Lewistham is an area in South London. Lewistham? Lewistham. Lewistham, like Lewis and then ham. I love bacon. I like Ham. <laughs> part of the pig i'm pretty down with yeah uh, all right so lewis ham it's identified as one of the major centers in greater london it's got a population of about ninety-five thousand people around 2011 for that stat 
It's an important transportation hub for southeast London, and it has the largest police station in Europe. Lewisham. Well, no T, just Lewisham. Uh, Lewisham. Lewisham. Like Lewis Is made a ham. Lu- Lewis or Lois? Lewis. Let's see, where does it say Might that be in? Louise. Louis Ham. No, that'd, well, that'd be, be French. French. That's yeah. across the... We don't talk about anybody in France. I'm going to make that rule right now. We, we might. We'll get there. <laughs> all right. So, uh, all right. So, you got Lewis in London. You got some other musicians from there just besides Sid. Uh, you got Ginger Baker. He's the drummer of Cream. He's super popular if you know drummers. I'm, I'm biased because I'm a drummer. Natasha Bedingfield. I'm sure you've heard of her. Nope. She's a pop singer. P-Money. Eh. No. I only, I'd only say yes if I want to look cool in front of my friends. That's true. Uh, Maxi Priest. That Judas's. No, they did this cover oh. of Wild World by Cat Stevens back in the day, if you don't know. All right, fine. Um, and finally, <laughs> from Lewisham, this, I'm, I apologize to the people of Lewisham, uh, Gary Oldman. <laughs> Sorry, Gary Oldman. But you know who Gary Oldman is. No, I don't know who Gary oh, Oldman my is. God. Never mind. All right. People <sighs> are yelling at me already. You're fine. All right, Sid's parents, his mom, Ann. Drops out of school early because she didn't have a whole lot of academic success. So she joins the Royal Air Force. And uh, in the Royal Air Force, she meets John Ritchie. And he's a guardsman at Buckingham Palace and a semi-professional trombone player in the legend, in the London jazz scene. Like part of the, the hip cats. All right. Yeah. So it's this is um just post what year? Post-World War II? Well, yeah. I mean, 57. Yeah. So they're rebuilding a nation. Still. Yeah. I mean, for decades after. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. all right. <clears throat> John, young young John, is born, um, and he and his mother moved to Ibiza. 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 Ibiza? Ibiza. Yeah, but I think it's pronounced Ibiza. E- Do you have to make that face when you say it? What? No one can see my face. <laughs> this is what I look like. <laughs> We've already dealt with that this morning. Uh, they expect to be joined by his father, who is supporting him. He's sending him money. You know, he's like, "You guys go to uh, Ibiza until I get there, and then I'll come and we'll start our family and life will be good." But uh, first few checks failed to arrive. And this is I- Ibiza is over <laughs> there in England, there somewhere. It's a paradise island type of place, man. You know, it's kind of like a like a Fiji or like a Haiti. Oh, this like is not like on. This is not on the. Um, this is not in Britain. No, no, that's a different country that oh, they that moved. E- e- is a country <laughs> yes they leave and go there like to get a fresh start because again the war the rebuilding is they're like you know okay. what there's a bit much. oh We're see gonna, i i never it take. didn't sound very like british no it's not it, but it's like one of their you know it's like going to cyprus or, or something like that for a vacation for a holiday because europe is much more like connected All that right. way than we are just want to let you know i'm i'm pretty much into the British scene, big time right now. Just got done with Doctor Who. Nice. Who? And uh, right. And I'm on the uh, the Sherlock. Oh, the new Sherlock. Okay. Yeah. Well, Netflix. It's I, all, they're pretty good. I'm pretty big into. I go to YouTube and look out. Uh, look out. I go to YouTube and look up. Um, Britain's Got Talent because I think that's hilarious when you see local British people trying to show off their talent to other British people. That's funny. And then we got done with the Great British Baking Show. Over Christmas, my wife and I were watching that because we thought we were going to bake, but we didn't. But oh, we, we watched people bake, and that was fun. The so. English are very organic. They come up with a lot of great ideas. The and office. It, yeah, the, well, yeah, Ricky. Yeah, thank you. Yes, perfect. They Ricky come up bakes. with great ideas. Their market's just not big enough. Ship it over here, 
and then make a bunch of money. For a tiny island nation, they they expanded pretty good. Yeah, they, they oh, have yeah. quite an impact. All right, back to so, Ibiza. Ibiza. Well, yeah. Well, you got Anne and uh, young young John Simon waiting for their dad to show up. He mails them some checks, and then the, and then the checks stop coming. And then Anne realizes, Dad's not coming. <laughs> it's not gonna. Already getting into the sad story. Yeah, I know. Everybody's got a troubled past, right? We all have dead people. <laughs> Early life, 1965, Anne marries a man named Christopher Beverly. They set up a home in Kent, which is in England. Yes, Kent. Now yeah. we're back to good, normal British Solid soil. Right. Richie took his stepfather's name, and he's known as John Beverly. Beverly. Well, that six months later, Christopher Beverly dies of cancer. Yeah. <sighs> So, uh, in 1968, Richie and his mom are uh, they're renting a flat in Turnbridge Wells. Again, yeah, that's England. England. We know it's not. Uh, Richie goes to Sandow Court School. So, he's getting into school in England. Um, 1971, they move again to East London. So, they're moving around. He's at Hackney Technical College in 1973. And there is where he meets a guy named John Lydon. Or, if you've heard of him, Johnny Rotten. Okay, yeah, just it, now Johnny Rotten. I know a little, well, very marginal, but more about. <laughs> but just so I, you know, he's friends with Trump. I am not surprised. No, Johnny Rotten. He's he's like, you know, he's Donald Trump's a uh, he's he's an anti-establishment guy. I'm not I'm not gonna go into any politics on this show, but he gave an interview over there in England on a morning talk show, and Johnny Rotten was kind of like. Hey, Trump's my man. Maybe we can be friends. Good Lord. And he wasn't kidding. All right. Well, uh, so. Maybe we can get Trump on the. Can we get him <laughs> down here? Richie is 17 years old. I'm just going to move on. I'm just, <laughs> just going to move. <laughs> Richie's 17 years old. He's hanging around in London. One of his favorite spots is this clothing store. It's called Sex. Oh, is that Sex. Yeah, they sell uh, flip-flops and sun Yeah, I was going to say, what <laughs> clothing store named Sex? Listen, <laughs> all right. Everybody draw your own, put your own, insert joke here. Moving on. There uh, at the Sex clothing store, he meets Chrissy Hind. Remember her? Oh, now we're talking about people I've heard names of. Yep. She is in the, she starts the Pretenders. Um, they got some, I'll stand by you, mm-hmm. back in the chain gang, all that crap. Um, <laughs> Chrissy Hind. Has this idea? Um, was she the one that wrote the song for the beginning of the Rush Limbaugh program? Bum 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 bum. I think she's a big Donald Trump supporter too. We'll have to get her down here and ask her that. We'll we'll have them all, I guess. <laughs> Talk to them, have some questions. Uh, no, she is. Cause she's interesting though, and she does. She, she might. She might have some ideas because she came up with an idea. She's five years older than than Richie, right? She tries to convince him that they should get married so she can get a work permit. And, oh, and, just a sham marriage, right? A sham marriage because she was in in England and she wanted to stay there, you know, because of the cool music scene and stuff. So mm-hmm. she literally says like, "Hey, let's do a sham marriage. We'll get married and I can stay here." Now, I don't know how other countries work because. I don't travel a lot. I don't even know how this country works. <laughs> All right. So now, you curious of how I've, I've been calling him John and Richie and Beverly and all these things, right? How does he get the name Sid Vicious? Sid Vicious. Sid yeah. Vicious. John Lydon, Johnny Rotten, gives him the nickname. See, 
uh, Leiden had this hamster he named after uh, uh, another musician, Sid Barrett, the guy from Pink Floyd. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So uh, Richie's playing with his hamster, and it bites him. And he's like, wow, Sid is really vicious. And Leiden's like, he's the softest, furriest, weediest thing on earth. And uh, then from then on, Richie's known as Sid Vicious. And I think they're making fun of him because he got bit by a hamster. Oh, they didn't shove it up anybody's ass, did they? Now, see, I knew this was going to be trod into this. <laughs> I had recently heard about this Richard Gere thing. Do you know who started that rumor? No, it's a rumor? It's. <laughs> Do you know personally? No, I've never I mean, met it's him. It's just a stupid thing. No, Scientologists went after him because they tried recruiting him back in the day, and he said no, and so they turned on California's got a whole problem with Scientologists. That's so a it's a smear thing. campaign? It was. See... I don't know, and I don't care. Whatever, whatever you know, your lifestyle, rock and roll. Not that there's anything wrong. Not that with there's that. anything wrong with right. it, right? But just logistically, I don't think you could put a rodent up somebody's butt. That's what I'm thinking. What, whether the 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 rodent and or the person is alive and or dead? Yeah, if I it don't was think you could do it, it'd con- be like <laughs> shoving a marshmallow through a. The hole of a needle on a, like a sewing needle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah, can yeah, do yeah. it. That's I think not that marshmallow is going to come apart a little bit. Oh, poor hamster. Poor Sid. <laughs> poor Richard Gere. What? <laughs> yeah, no. And that's, I had recently heard that they're like, that was a big smear campaign by the Scientologists to sort of discredit him and stuff. And it, I think it kind of worked because I'm sure he got some work or didn't get some work. Yeah. That. It was probably at the top of it, you know, when he was out there with Julia Roberts and doing yeah. the pretty woman thing and. Next thing you know, he's at the Olive Garden. Everybody's looking at him like, <laughs> yo, uh, can I have a different seat? I was going to ask you to watch a, my dog, but no. Got a small animal in his Which you can't prove it, though. Well, I mean, he could. <laughs> he could just get up on top of the table at the Applebee's Once and take again, his pants down. I don't think you're going to pass a, a hamster or anything else or a gerbil. Uh, that's, that seems like a solid night of work there. And I'm going to ask the question everybody's thinking. Let's just say you can get a live rodent, a hamster, I don't, a rat, a ferret, whatever, in your BH. <laughs> At the end of the day, and let's just say that, like, feels really good for a second, because I, I got to imagine that was the end game if you're trying to do this. How long is it going to feel good for? That little guy's going to, like, probably die pretty quick. So, what's the oxygen capacity of your <laughs> colon? Is that where we're at? Uh, I mean, I don't think it's long enough. Oh, I don't think, wow. All right. Go ahead. What Next note card. What do we got? Sid Vicious. Richie is. I apologize. With... I apologize. What's guys? that saying? Your note card. We're Let's... clearly we're clearly not punk rock fans. Um, it does get interesting though. The history does say yeah he's got a troubled childhood. This stupid nickname. Uh, Hamsters are round, tubular. They get cylindrical. But their face is flat. I don't even think there's like a like a nose. Like a rat's got a nose that looks like. Go ahead. Yeah, I guess I figured hamster's nose would be pointy for burrowing, but right. I suppose. Go, <laughs> go, go ahead. Topic. Richie's now squatting with Leiden in London, and a guy named John Joseph Wardle, he becomes Ja Wobble. Don't worry about that. We'll get to him. He's the bass player for stuff. Again, nobody cares about the bass player. And, and then another guy, John Gregg. So together, they were known as the Four Johns. Now, when they when they went around and went from like one venue to another, do they call them the Portable Johns? <laughs> That's pretty good, actually. That's better than my joke. 
was like, if you're like one of the London ladies of the night and you see the four Johns coming, you're just like, that's a lot of work. <laughs> anyway. You're right, Michael, close better. Yeah. It, thank you. So uh, the guys, the, the four Johns, they're out there and they start busking. Busking? Busking, like street performing. Definition. Yes, thank you. Is that busking. What that, that's busking means street street performing. It's I'm, okay. Busking, Spanish root word buscar, meaning to seek. Uh, that evolved from the Indo-European word busco, which means to win or conquer. So uh, today, I think the word still used like the buscar is still used in Spanish, but it refers to female street workers. But the concept is that you're on the street and you wish to. Uh, seek or win and conquer money from people walking by. <coughs> I'm bored. Busking. So, I and see, I knew you were going to ask that, which is why I had that card. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Indo-European. Busco. Uh, Leiden and now Vicious are busking for cash. Vicious is playing the tambourine. They'd play like Alice Cooper covers, and people gave him money to stop playing. Because <laughs> Alice... A lot of good Alice Cooper covers come from the tambourine. That's it's the main instrument in Alice's music. So uh, one time they got three bob, which is fifteen p, which we would consider like fifteen cents, and uh, they freaked. They're like, "Woo!" All started dancing around and stuff like that for fifteen cents. Yeah, three bob. Three bob. They were pumped. Wow. These, I, I I think this is the idea. Is I to walked say over fifteen are... cents today at the disc golf store. Jeez, Trump. <laughs> Not worth my time to bend down. I, I was on my way here. That's to, this is important. I had a case of beer in one hand and three lotto tickets in another. I didn't have any hands left. We had. Yeah, I'm glad you got here too, because if we weren't discussing hamsters and other things, my day would have been incomplete. That's true. 1979. We kick off with the first criminal offense. He assaults a guy named Nick Kent, and some people know Nick Kent. He's a writer, a music critic, a music critic. He was big on the underground scene. He's pretty much UK music journalist of the 1970s. How so, old? How old is uh, John at, or uh, Sid at this time? Well, uh, 57 to 79 puts in the 18. All right. So uh, this dude Nick Kent, he uh, assaulted. Actually, he was a musician too, because later he played. He plays with the Sex Pistols before, like Richie does or Sid Vicious does. The Sex Pistols have a lot of members, but anyway. Sid assaults this guy, Nick Kent, right? They're, uh, they're at the London 100 Club. Of course, you know that one. It's the one on Oxford Street, kind of a dive bar. Yeah, I got uh, I signed some autographs here. They hung it up on the wall. Yeah, I got it's, a, it's in the back. Yeah. Um, hey, in the back. So the band's playing. Not the band. <laughs> but <laughs> the band. The, well, the, the Sex Pistols, the All band. Right, take right, a load the off band. there, Brian. Thank you. I'm glad you got it. Uh, Sid and Ja Wobble approach this guy, Nick Kent, right? Because they're not in the Sex Pistols yet. They're just kicking. These, uh, it's a quote from Nick. Vicious started beating the shit out of me with a chain while Ja Wobble held a knife in front of my face two inches from my eyes so I couldn't move. These are buddies. No, these are... They were playing together, weren't they? No. He was, like, the guitar player in the band Sid wanted to be in, so he was competent. Oh, he's like, so to speak, not right, directly. If, but, if I can't uh, be in this band, I'm going to get rid right. of the competition. All right. All he right. goes He goes on to say, Sid had horrific aim, aim with his bike chain. He's whipping his ass with a bike chain. Oh, a bike chain? Bike chain. Like I'm bicycle. thinking of like a big, huge, you know, holding anchor to a boat chain. Oh, God. No, 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 nothing that bad. It's English. He just grabbed a bike chain. <laughs> and so uh, 
out of five swings of the bike chain, he managed to hit me about once. So if he'd have hit me three times, I could have been killed. With a bike chain? With, with a bike chain. It would be difficult to hit somebody with a bike chain, I was thinking, especially if your your buddy's holding a knife close to their head. <laughs> like, don't move when you a friend hit hits your... you. You don't want to hit your buddy. And then, if I don't know if you know about bike chains, but they don't. it's not actually a rope. It likes to go in, like, two directions. Yeah, you know, it's, two, like... it's a two-dimensional whip. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, like, it's one a, of the... It's a, a two-dimensional whip. It's, like, the worst thing to grab. Kicking him probably would have done more damage. Or stabbing him in the face with that knife. And then, finally, dude goes on to say... Everyone just stood there and stel- uh, stared until the bouncer pulled him off. There were like a hundred people. <laughs> Would somebody please help me? I'm almost ah. getting hit by a bike chain. Like I could just see Sid just flailing like, the damn thing's not going in a straight line. Oh, wait, no, who was that quote from? Sid, the, was that from Sid or the guy getting hit by the bike chain? The guy chain? getting hit by the bike chain, oh, Kent. because that would make as much sense as if, like, somebody help me hit this guy with this bike chain. <laughs> he's like, no, well, no man. Like, like, he's, he's not succeeding now. You're doing fine. <laughs> so now, two months later, uh, Vicious apologized, and he said, quote, uh, I'm sorry. I was out of order. Uh, Johnny Lydon feels bad about it, too. He's probably in. I mean, he's probably. <laughs> was he on drug? Was this guy a drug guy? Was he a. I don't know. I mean, I'm. We'll get there. <laughs> okay, so now uh, we started uh, actual assault on people, right? And so, so he didn't get in a lot of trouble for that one. No, that one's not bad. That was that was what seventy, whatever. Um, now, now in the speakeasy, March nineteen seventy-seven. That's a London nightclub, popular with like rock stars and stuff like that. Bob Harris is this music presenter. He's kind of like the Dick Clark of Europe. He had the show called uh, The Old Gray Whistle Test. The Old Gray Whistle Test. That sounds like something like some dude would try to get little tiny girls into the park. And, hey, I got an old gray whistle test here. Oh, good. All right. This guy has Bob. <laughs> when the go, when the sex, he's just Bob's just Bob just at this club, this London nightclub, the Speakeasy. It's literally called the Speakeasy. Bob's Bob's there, hanging out with uh, a friend of his, friend George, and uh, this random drunk guy rolls up, and it's you know again, it's like somebody coming up to a TV show host and be like, hey, when, when are you gonna put this on your show? And he's like, when are the Sex Pistols gonna be on on the Old Grey Whistle Test? And Bob's like, call me in in the morning, and I'll I'll talk to you about it. And the dude took a swing at him. Right? <laughs> And so, and then all hell breaks loose, dude. Like, so he all, says he he's being he's being affable. He's he, being like, yes. call me in the morning. We'll work something out. He's I'm, like, I am confronted by a drunk sort of punk rock looking dude. This is a I, I, I probably wants him on the show. Want to be on the show? So, uh, now Sid's there too, right? And so you got all these punks smashing and and like just freaking out. And Sid stabs a broken bottle in Bob's friend George right in his face. And gashes him good. Dude got 14 stick- stitches. And uh, that's March 1977. Did so. they ever get on the show? Well, now here's the thing. After that happened, A&M drops the Sex Pistols from their label. Capitol Records bans all the Sex Pistols records from their playlist. So that's like the radio, Capitol Radio. Yeah, they're getting, they're getting blacklisted here. Right. But then some music writers turn on Bob Harris and say the old gray whistle test is old. And, like, you guys are out of date. Oh, and it's the like, word old is in demand. But it is implied. But uh, anyway. So that's two. Now we're at two things where Vicious is but just wigging out. But still not in that much trouble. Still nothing crazy. Because it's all in these big melees at bars and, like, you know, pub fights and stuff. 
I just like to say something, and and no offense to all of our punk rock fans out there, but from most of what I've seen of punk rockers, what do they weigh like a buck ten, soaking wet? Oh yeah, yeah, that dude hits me in the face. I'm, <laughs> I may not even know it, but he smashed they, they a have broken weapons. bottle in your face. Yeah, yeah, but I'm, they're not the the most daunting of characters out there in the music world. No, that's true. No, all right, no. So. And this is coming from a guy that just talked about Lil Wayne. <laughs> I, I would, man, punks or rappers. I, I. Oh, uh, I'm not getting a play with no, no. There's some big, there's some, there's some big mofo's out there in the, in the, in the R&B genre. I'm not, yeah, I'm not. Re- but the punk rockers, that. except for, well, is Danzig? No, they're. No, that's like heavy metal type that's thing. Like heavy I, metal. I wouldn't call I mean, that heavy metals. I'm not getting any. The heavy metal guys are all, you know, weight room for uh, No, yeah, I'm not doing heavy metal. Um. Green Day is punk rock. Most mainstream kind of thing, right? Yeah. Those guys are buck ten soaking wet, standing on each other's shoulders. Smash those dudes. Yeah, that'd be easy. Yeah, I am going punk rock then. If I have to be in a bar fight, I'm going to go punk rock. And disclaimer, I don't want to get any fights. No I'm fights really ever. Bad at no, I'm so right. bad at them. No, let's just sit by a bonfire and listen to punk rock music. That's fine. Or hide behind the bar while a bunch of idiots get in a fight. True. All right, well, let's get into punk rock music, because 1976, Vicious starts his music career as a member of the Flowers of Romance. So beautiful. <laughs> That's got, uh, you've heard of The Clash, right? There's yeah. a guy named Kevin Levine, and he, he founds The Clash, but he starts in this Levine. Flo- flowers. Well, L- Levine, there's no I. Yeah, I'm, I'm Jerry Cooter Mellencamp. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, he appears with uh, Susie and the Banshees also, if you know who they are, Susie and the Banshees. I don't. <laughs> so, he played drums for them. It's fine. That was at the 100 Club when he beat the crap out of Nick Kent. Like, he was there playing drums with Susie and the Banshees, and then while they weren't playing and the Sex Pistols were on stage, he's beating the shit out of Nick Kent. Hey, yo, I'm going to use the bathroom and just go get in a fight real quick. I'll be right back. I'm hold on to my sticks. I'll be right back. You could, <laughs> you should have used the drumsticks to beat him up instead of the bike chain. Like, how long does it take you to get a bike chain off of a bike, too? That's the other <laughs> yeah, thing. That's a great Where are you getting a bike chain at? I mean, on a whim. Jeez. Was it the chain maybe from the, like, bass pedal and the drum? No, it's that bicycle chain, specifically. At first, I thought it was a motorcycle what chain. What kind of a chain? Is that? Well, you, I have a leather strap on mine because the chains, the links get messed up and whatever personal preference guys i don't want a bunch of drummers pissing off so uh then he gets in with some uh the the damned they're considering vicious along with uh again a guy named dave Vin- vanani vanian vanian davy v davy v for the position of lead singer right and the damned was like the first british punk band to sort of release a single, an album, have a record on the UK charts. So, like, you wanted to be a punk guy. You wanted to be in the damned. These are the days I know. I know. These are the days I know. Well, Davey V. These are the days. I love that song. Davey V gets the gig. That Dave, people know, because Vicious failed to show up to the audition, man. He's like, no, we're not, we're not, we're not doing that. So we flash back to the 100 Club show, day two. The damned are playing. Vicious hurls a pint glass towards stage, right? Because he's trying to hit Davy V in the face. Uh, and it misses, and it hits a pillar and shatters and partially blinds a girl in the crowd in one eye. So the next day, Vicious gets arrested for that, and he's imprisoned at Ashford Remand Center. Centre. Imprisoned? Imprisoned. How long did he get to spend his... Um... Wasn't long. No, okay. So he wasn't 
I mean, I think a prison here in the U.S., we're thinking a year or more. No, I think this was there's just like a jail assault. And I, and right. They, prison. they call it Ashford Roman Centre. Center. Because it's okay. English. Yeah, or like, English. Like Kalur. Yeah, like the old way called English shoppies. <laughs> oh, yeah, the chape. The chape. Yeah. So, <laughs> we're going to get some heat from England. I, I hope not. It'd be Wait, nice, though. Again, leave us a review on YouTunes. If you hate the way we're pronouncing all your English BS words, sorry. YouTunes? <laughs> the YouTunes. <laughs> it's falling apart. <laughs> February 1977, uh, after Glenn Matlock leaves the band, not the band, the Sex Pistols, they ask Sid Vicious to join since he's at every gig anyway. You know, he's just, they would play, he would be there. <laughs> Listen, we can get this guy on stage. He'd stop throwing fucking pine glass. Yeah, right. Why don't we bring him on stage? He'd stop assaulting the crowd. Yeah. That would get more gigs. So gig, uh, his first gig, Sid plays with uh, Sex Pistols, April 3rd, 1977, uh, on a thing called The Screen on Green in London. Now, if you want to watch it, there's some film of it uh, in the movie Punk Rock Movie. Is this over by Stumpworth on Thames? <laughs> You've traveled more than me, my friend. Uh, All right, listen. If anybody knows that reference, go ahead and write us on the uh, the YouTube's or if you get a Stumpworth by Thames reference, you put that in the iTunes review. I get... will send you not only a Crime and Music T-shirt, you'll get the first Crime and Music koozie. <laughs> That's the a Stumpworth bet. on Thames. Should leave it at that. <laughs> All right, so now Sid Vicious is in the Sex Pistols. We're getting there, guys. I mean, he's already assaulted two or three people, so there's there's the crime. We're getting there. Sid, Sid's uh, in the band, but he couldn't play that well. Like, they wanted him to play bass, right? And before I was telling you, he's playing drums. And so he didn't really have a lot of bass experience. So the guitarist, Steve Jones, does double duty, plays bass on the album uh, that had Anarchy in the UK in it and Bodies, like their big songs. And uh, Vicious played on it. But later he went back in and overdubbed it. And stuff. Oh wow, that's so, bad! If you can't get on a a band and play bass, dum, 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 I mean dum, seriously. Dum, 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 and I don't want to hear any shit from any Rush fans out there. Okay, I don't need to hear anybody from Primus calling the bass is awesome. I know, I get it. I love the bass. They're some of my favorite musicians out there. Rush, you know, oh, whatever. For sure. Yeti Lee, Yeti we all Lee. know about that shit. But still, it's kind of the we. It's like the right field of the band. Hey, well, we got a guy we want in the band. Where do you want it? Put him on the bass. He really doesn't know how to do anything. We'll put him in right field. We'll bat him last. He can be on stage, and we'll just keep him from throwing pint glasses. Think about the structure of punk music, too. I mean, yeah, they don't barely have. Yeah. A couple of double do 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 Yeah, and they're just, and there's a guy screaming on the microphone without a shirt on. Pretty much. May or may not be bleeding from the face. So... Sid also didn't record a lot because he was in the hospital for hepatitis. A? B? Are you, are you Canadian? <laughs> hepatitis, eh? <laughs> uh, it's just hepatitis, most likely from the drug use, so I'm not yeah, certain. No. It, my sources did not specify. Or didn't wash his hands well. Uh, his main visitor was his girlfriend, Nancy Spungen. Dun, dun, dun. Yup. This is where we get Yoko'd. So, Nancy is American, born February 27, 1958, raised in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Is she hot? She's kind of, we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. She's diagnosed with schizophrenia at the age of 18. She was at a boarding school in Connecticut, and she graduated early. So, uh, then she goes to college. She gets expelled from college. She goes on to London at the, hun- the height of the punk rock scene, right? So, 
as described by punk rock journalist Legs McNeil, uh, in 2008, she did a thing in New York Magazine. Nancy embodied the nastiest parts of the scene. They even called her Nauseating Nancy behind her back. Nauseating Nancy. Nauseating Nancy. Now, remember, and what's her full name? This is a teenager. Her name is Nancy Spongen. Spongen. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong like all names on the show. <laughs> that's our. That's part of our shtick. <laughs> it might be a bit. So Nancy follows uh, Johnny Thunders and Jerry Nolan. They're in the band called the Heartbreakers to London in 1977. And that's when she meets Sid Vicious. And boom, those two become inseparable, man. It's, it's Romeo and Juliet. They are up each other's ass 24-7. Nancy's teaching Sid about sex and drugs and sort of like this is how New York City rock, rockers live, you know. I I I'm I'm I'm, I'm I kind of think she might be like the um uh, uh the girl from out west, the stripper uh Debbie. No, no, the um Kesha. <laughs> yes, fucking Kesha. That picture. Oh, I'm sorry, Lady no. Gaga. That's Lady Gaga face if I've ever seen it. The, the, um, You're not allowed to play with your phone the during the show. Nirvana guy. Oh, my head. Courtney Love? Courtney fucking Love. That's what, I think she's kind of a Courtney Love look. Oh, dude. There, it was, there's people who actually said Courtney Love and Kurt Cobain were the modern Sid and Nancy. Uh, okay, good. I'm happy so, I made that. The way to make a own. connection 20 years late. <laughs> she's short. But you're with us. I don't, I mean, she's not, I bet she's party girl. Uh, right. She is. She's super crass and domineering, combative. She's basically, as the English would say, a cunt. A cunt. But not a good one, because they'll say that he's a good cunt. Uh, no, she was apparently just like a bitch, dude. Everybody. Bag. English. Give me your cigarette. Stack <laughs> <laughs> uh, of sticks on your shoulder. Everybody was trying to be, like, everybody else around the band, like, all these chicks, these groupies, are trying to be, like, good little groupies. Like, hi, look at me, oh, you know, like, flashing their boobs and stuff. And her, Nah, Nancy was like, fuck you, I'm a prostitute, let's do this. The rest of the band in the Sex Pistols, they hated her. They even had her banned from their 1978 tour. They're like, you're not allowed to go anywhere we go. Uh, and it seemed to be pretty much what she was known for. Because the Heartbreakers tour manager, Lee Childers, and his Lee actually is L-E-E-E. -E -E. <laughs> He's got that extra E. Lee. Childers. She was a junkie. Drug dealer. Unapologetic. Un unapologetic. An all-around lowlife. She was a very, 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 very bad influence on people who were already a mess. She was a troublemaker and a stir-upper. A stir-upper. A stir-upper. That's what Lee said about her. We hit January 1978. Sex Pistols embark on their U.S. tour. It only lasts two weeks, though, because multiple shows were canceled and the band sort of deteriorated. Was it a lack of audience or well, uh, just there? Vicious's heroin habit was getting worse, and like your girlfriend sucks. I'm not gonna go if she's here, and like just I guess it just starts imploding. It's punk you know? baby, that's, that's punk. That's true. That was punk. So we're in San Antonio, Texas, at the height of the punk scene. Because where else would you be? Uh, Vicious hits an audience member in the head with his bass. Just knocks him right play it. You might as well hit somebody with it. The dude was uh, antagonizing Vicious by shouting out, faggot fucker! And then Sid just pop bam, right on the bam, head. Bam, 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 bam. Pretty much. So now, uh, 
we're in the Longhorn Ballroom in Dallas, Texas. This isn't San, San Antonio. We've moved on to Dallas, so their tours made it to two Texas cities. is a bit unforgiving when it comes to some sort of... Eh, it's How Texas. many punks are going to be in Texas in the 70s, man? I know. <laughs> I thought, I was like, who's your tour manager? Why would you set this up? <laughs> Stick to the coast. Right. Jeez. Before they took the stage uh, in Dallas, Sid Vicious carves in his chest, give me a fix with a razor. Because he's like freaking out, like having heroin withdrawals and stuff. So, I mean, you're carving shit in your chest. You're not faking it. Uh, no, you no. got some. No, you're pretty, for real. You got some problems. So, then we hit San Francisco, in 1978. After the Winterland show, live at Winterland, uh, the Sex Pistols just fall apart, man. Some songs were released. Uh, they were split, but the band was done. Like you know, they would release like, okay, this is the latest from the Sex Pistols. Like if you knew though, the band broke up a couple months ago. <laughs> so you're just like, oh, all right. So, and then. Uh, Sid has a solo career, right? Nancy as his manager. That's his good plan. I'm going to go solo. Nancy's going to run the show. So he bounces around. He sits in with, like, Mick Jones of The Clash and the New York Dolls and, you know, back to Johnny Thunder and, like, those guys in The Damned and stuff like that, right? So August 24th, 1978, Sid and Nancy move into the Chelsea Hotel in New York City. Other people who live there, like Bob Dylan, Patti Smith, Jackson Pollock, Nikola Tesla. Sure, lived there for a time in Manhattan. October 11th, 1978. You notice when I start using more specific dates, something's going to happen. This is because you can, you can find the dates in newspaper clippings. That's correct. These are, <laughs> these are citable sources here. Uh, that evening, several visitors to Sid and Nancy's room saw Sid take up to 30 tablets of Tunol. Tunol? Tunol. T-U-I-N-A-L. Tunol. All right, not one all, but two. No, it's a barbiturate made from two different salts, like that type of. It, it's a sedative, basically. You, like they use it in Taxi Driver and in the movie uh, Fight Club. Two yeah, no. we since since of those days, we've really done well at refining our drugs. I feel. I I don't know. Talk, yeah. talk to me, Breaking Bad. What have you been doing not in your garage? Oh no, I'm not oh. doing no drugs. I'm just I, I try to keep a little up. I, I got kids. I want to know. It's, yeah, I, we're not worrying about tuna all these days. Uh, no, bath salts, kratom, whatever, kratom, kratom, kratom. Yeah, it is a salt derivative, so I don't know how the salt thing works in that type of drugs. But apparently, you put those two salts together, the two nulls, and uh, it's it'll knock you out. So and he took out. He took like a billion of them. He took thirty. Okay. Which, I mean, I'm pretty sure we get to it. We'll get there. But uh, somebody described that as, like, even if you're a heavy drug user, that should knock your ass out for hours. That'll come up later. So, that was uh, October 11th, that night, right? So, now we're at October 12th, Chelsea Hotel. Sid Vicious claims uh, to have woken up from a drug stupor to find Nancy dead in the bathroom floor. Okay, so they're in New York. New York. He just took a pile of drugs uh like yeah like a, like and, a literal and, fistful of and, and he gets up sedatives and his oh his his prostitute slash manager slash girlfriend slash best friend yeah the person that's supposed to be leading him by the hand as a musician through yeah. the midwest the southwest the east coast the west coast right she's dead yeah she has a uh she suffered a single stab wound uh to her abdomen and bled to death she was 20 years old. Oh, she was only 20? Again, dude, Romeo and Juliet, my man. These were young kids. So, all right. The knife used had been uh, bought by Vicious 
at 42nd Street Shop, and it was identical to a, quote, 007 flip knife given to punk rock vocalist Sid Bader's of the Dead Boys by Dee Dee Ramone. Again, it's a whole trail of how these punk guys want to be with other punk guys, and hey, Dee Dee Ramone gave this thing to Stiv, and I was like, that's kind of cool, I want to get one too. So uh, it's later identified as a Jaguar K11 with a 5-inch blade. Huh. Wow. So she took a just a plunge right so, to the gut. Unfortunately, am I getting ahead of ourselves if I ask who done it? <laughs> Everybody together in two one. We'll, we'll get, get there. there. Yeah. According to New York Magazine, uh, the night of the murder went like this: two thirty a.m. Nancy asks sometimes bodyguard for Sid Vicious. I can't even believe I'm going to do this to you. His name is Rockets Red Glare. <laughs> That's a dumb name. Yeah, he's an artist, a vocalist, like uh, a comedian, an actor. He's got all these like sort of creative New York bohemian type credits to him. Uh, she asks him at twelve uh, two thirty a.m. to get some Dilaudens, which is like an opiate painkiller. Was she Dilaudens. standing by the Rockets Red Glare when she asked him? He is Rockets Red Glare, so yes, they were probably standing. There. He, she probably said, "Hey Rockets, I need some Dilaudens." <laughs> I use that voice because my dogs are English cream golden retrievers, and I assume that's what they sound like. Oh, I don't. I don't have a good English accent. I don't. I'm not even try. He I, looked I at me, folks. One. He looked at me for a second, like I'm gonna try it, and then, he, then his one. eyes bailed out. All right. So, all right. That's two thirty a.m. She's like, "Hey, get me some Dilaudid. I need. I need some painkillers. Need some opiates." Seven thirty a.m. M. <clears throat> female moans were heard from the room by other guests, and I don't think they were like good, pleasurable moans, like. <laughs> Is that your interpretation of a good moan or a bad moan right there, Brian? I'm going to leave that up to the people. <laughs> so 10 a.m., Sid calls the front desk asking for help. Um, he, and then help shows up. Sid's wandering the hallways, all agitated. He was arrested and charged with the murder. Initially, he confesses. He, quote, I stabbed her, but I never meant to kill her. And then he's like, I don't actually remember. And then at one point, he said Nancy fell on the knife. So he doesn't know what happened. <laughs> now, unf- I just stabbed her a little bit. I don't know. Unf- she jumped on it herself. She's like, that's not deep enough, Sid. You're doing it wrong. And then just stabbed herself hard. <laughs> Probably not, honestly. We really don't know. There's a lot of other theories, though. And so some believe that there was a robbery and a drug deal gone bad. Um, some people believe Nancy stabbed herself and it was possibly like a botched double suicide thing. Cause there really was like a tragic Romeo and Juliet thing about these two. They're the only two that liked each other. They're the only two that sort of understood each other. So let's, let's go over some of these details. Nancy was stabbed and bled to death, right? $2,400 in uh, us money was stolen from their room. Police found six different sets of fingerprints, never interviewed anybody but Sid Vicious. Well, six sets of, I'm going to, do a little devil's advocate. It's a, it's a hotel room. Yeah, a you part, got a million uh, people in and out of there every day. But it's a rock star's live-in hotel room. They're staying there long term. But still, you have people coming in there cleaning, other drug she addicts. She got I mean, stabbed, even if they had a party. Let's say we have a party here in my cheesy podcast okay. studio. There's a bunch of people here. Someone stabs you, and they only look at me because I'm in here with you all the time. Other people were in this room with us. He did He did at one point admit to it, right? But then he's like, she jumped on the knife. I don't remember what happened. He also had... He, she, ju- she jumped on the knife. That's what he said. If you're saying he also admitted it, this is also his he word. Had, well, 
who jumps on a knife. So, I mean, she's not like a samurai that had some sort of a, you know, a, 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 you had to kill him. What's that? There's. Uh, go ahead. I want to say Harry Carey, but I always go to Chicago baseball when I say that. <laughs> if I was a hot dog, I'd eat myself. So, uh, all right. So we got different fingerprints. Sid's the only one who's interviewed. The witnesses uh, place a local druggie, Michael is his only name, Michael C., as I recall, uh, at the scene and had cash wrapped in a purple hair tie that looked exactly like Nancy's purple hair tie. So there's that. And then other things, other theories. There's talk around New York's underground scene that Rocket's Red Glare uh, had been bragging about stealing their cash and stabbing Nancy. Like, he was walking around talking shit about that. He's dead now. Um, he later denied that claim and gave his account of the evening where he implicates Sid and Nancy's regular drug dealer as a different guy named Steven. So we got a lot of drug dealers who come up in this who could have been it and just, like, stuck her and then took the money and ran for it. I think they made a, a board game out of this. Clue? Yeah. <laughs> what room? Who done it and what room with bathroom. what weapon? Well, it's we know it was a knife. Definitely a knife. And we know it was in the hotel room. Definitely in the hotel we bathroom. We just can't figure out if it's Colonel Mustard or Lady Green Jeans. So. Is that person? <laughs> <laughs> it is now. <laughs> so in the days following, Sid's released on $25,000 bail, supplied by Virgin Records, I found out. Thought that was interesting. Um... He tries to commit suicide by slashing his wrist with a smash light bulb. This guy can't do anything without smashing some glass. I swear to God. I'm smashing glass, sticking it in your face, smashing a glass, throwing a, a cup on a stage, smashing a light bulb so I can cut my wrist. Yeah, he needs to get into the bronze era. God. The punk's like smashing stuff. Smash it. Smash it, eh? So uh, he's hospitalized at Bellevue hospital in new york city for those who may not be from around here bellevue is like the joke for like the mental insane thing in america committed to bellevue it's the oldest public hospital in the u.s they're good with so he tries to kill himself again by jumping from a window at bellevue shouting i want to be with nancy and uh somebody grabbed him out of the back of the window stopped him from jumping oh so somebody who who saved his life just like orderlies people in the hospital oh okay yeah, so he's he's in Bellevue. Yeah. And he's he's done with it. Well, he gets out of Bellevue and December 9th, 1978, he's at a ska fish concert at the Horan Dance Club, New York City. What uh, year is this? 78? Hurrah. I'm a hurrah. 1978. Huzzah. Right. The Huzzah Dance. Very close. Hurrah Dance Club, New York City. Um Vicious assaults the singer Patty Smith, uh, her brother, Ha. Takes a broken beer bottle. <laughs> This guy can't get, he's a one-trick pony when it comes to weapons. Smash and stab, smash and stab. <laughs> like, yeah, he's got it down. So Sid is sent to Rikers Island, uh, which we may remember from Little Wayne. Um, he's sent there. For, yeah, that's right in the river. Right on the river. Sent there for in the river. 55 days for enforced detox. Yeah. So uh, he's released on bail February 1st, 1979. So did we ever come to the conclusion who the best second command is? Oh, Riker, or... Again, I really don't consider Spock as second in command. I think he is. I think he is, too, but... but I'm picking Riker either way. Yeah, Riker probably is the best. Gosh. it's Nobody else sticks out at all, and I've seen Voyager, Deep Space, and all the all those things, Enterprise, Riker all of was it. good. Riker was really good. The whole entire TN, the, the Next Generation was great. It really was. But still, the movies... I like all the old originals. The originals are better in the movies. Except for that one, I think, 
The crossover? No, no, the crossover is good too. Okay. There was one of the later original movies. I'll have to look it up later, but one that you got like Voyage Home or... with the whales. No, I like the whales one. Oh my god, Nuclear Wessels. That's the whales. I, I like that one. And they invent uh, transparent aluminum. Yeah, we could I like do a, that. We could do a movie review show. That'll be fun. All right. Let Continue. us know on iTunes. <laughs> Continue. All right, so uh, we're still in December 9th, 70, or no, I'm sorry. February 1st, 1979, he's released on bail. Later that evening, they're having a party for him, like a bail release party. Like on the day he got out of jail? Yeah, All right. on bail. Like, hey, come to this, uh, it's like a, a New York City apartment. Um, his friend, he's an English photographer, his name is Peter Kodak. No, not Kodak. Kodak. Dick. Gets him some heroin. He is a dick. So, all right, 55 days clean. Peter comes in. Oh, y'all want to do some heroin? I don't have a, <laughs> I don't have an English accent. No, I don't work on this for the next punk guy we do. There's, they're coming, that's for sure. Um, and midnight. That's what she said. Sid ODs, but everybody there get him up and they start moving him around, like walking him around, like weekend at Bernie's. They're like, no, he's fine. Uh, and then Sid mom, Sid's mom finds him in the morning uh, dead, 21 years old. So. He was only 21 years old. Yep. Wow. You want to pay attention now to the beginning when I was telling you all the details, right? We, I, I, I'm going to go back and listen to the episode, as yeah. everyone will. Uh, no, yeah, I'm serious. So. That's 21 years old, and everyone knows that name. We don't all know what songs he sung, his history. No. That guy was only 21. Anarchy in the UK is about as much as I could get to you. Um, so. But wow, he had a good catch name. Sid Vicious is a sweet name. Yeah. Sex Pistols is a cool band. Johnny Rotten, that's pretty... I mean, you guys were starting a genre of music. You did pretty cool with it, honestly. So Johnny Rotten's still around. Yeah, Johnny Rotten is still around. He continues to do music and stuff. And uh, so Here's the thing, though. There's one more last bit of weirdness. Is that uh, Sid Vicious's mother claims that Sid and Nancy had a suicide pact. And that um, it wasn't an accidental death. Like, he didn't accidentally OD, and he didn't OD partying with his friends. Like, he had a note in his pocket that was something like, I want to be with Nancy. And so his mom loaded him up one more, like, OD, OD. Yeah, and so. But then she recanted that later and was like, no, that's not what happened. Yeah, I bet she did. I bet she did. But, (laughs) wow. I mean, the the bit of the, the fog surrounding her death, and then some of the stuff that was happening with him when he died makes you wonder if it wasn't a very Romeo and Juliet story. I could see them two having a suicide pact. I really could, especially once everybody's like, she's a bitch. I don't, want, I don't like her. She could be like, we don't need them. This is you and me to the end of time, which will be next week. He's <laughs> like, whoa, okay, fine. Yeah, yeah. So, so. They, they, they both died in the U.S. Yeah, New York City. New York City. Yep. So... Here's a here here a tip to all you people over there on the uh, island. If you're gonna be a punk rocker, don't come over here. No, stay in Texas. <laughs> no, don't come to Texas. Oh, I was gonna. I thought you meant like stay out of New York City, like Manhattan, oh, the area, Rikers, and all that. No, just stay. Well, it worked for the Beatles, though. The Beatles did pretty good over here, didn't they? Make a lot of money. Yeah, but again, though, they imploded because they did not implode. Yoko, dude. Yoko, but anyway, uh, John, he didn't kill himself. All right, we're on to a different topic. If you'd like to learn more about Sid, six bullets, she doesn't get hurt at all. Seriously, 
If you'd like to learn more about Sid and Nancy, uh, I recommend season 19, episode 12 of The Simpsons called Love Springs Peeldian Style. They do a whole thing where Nelson Muntz is uh, Johnny Rotten and Sid Vicious and Bart and Lisa and however that works. Oh, that's right. Munson and Lisa are Sid and Nancy. Anyway, that will give you sort of more details. It's kind of fun. You don't have to go through all the heroin and like explicit photos of her stabbed in the back. Pretty much where we got all of our information. <laughs> I actually didn't watch it. I wanted to, and I was going to be like, because they do like candy overdoses, like, yo, I ate so many lollipops, you know, and things like that. It's just like, I don't want to. Did they do it with the English accent, too? They did. I don't have an English accent. I'll have to work on this. It's fun. They apparently think it's terrible. So, that's it, guys. If you want to learn more, check it out. Love Springfieldian style. And if you need more on crime and music, check us out. Every other Wednesday, hit us up at Crime and Music on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Crime and Music. Do we have a MySpace account? We're gonna. <laughs> we're gonna now. Definitely. I still have my MySpace account, by the way. I tried to delete it. It wouldn't let me. So that's how I learned social media. All right, guys. We're out of here until next time. Uh, give us a review. Do things. Hey, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Like the song says, never trust a big button to smile. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.